Hello, hello, and welcome to my show. I'm super excited to introduce my next guest to you all. So for the past six years, Alicia Washington has been the health educator for Greater Harrisburg Healthy Start, in which she facilitates and presents education sessions for mothers and their families on various topics concerning maternal, mental, and physical health and well-being. For five of those years, she played a dual role as director of the Triple P Parenting Program, which provided private sessions and seminars for families in need of educations on managing childhood behaviors. Many of her families were serviced by the social service department and the foster care system. Alicia holds a master's degree in child and adolescent development from Capella University, a bachelor's in psychology from Morgan State University, HBCU, and a certification in applied behavioral analysis from Capella University. Please join me in welcoming Miss Alicia Washington to my show. Welcome to my show and thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. <laughs> so we could just go ahead and jump right in. So could you tell me a little bit about your experience as a mental health professional? Yes. So let's see. It started with um, my psychology degree at Morgan State. It was a general psychology. However, I was looking to see where I wanted to branch out into. I've always had my focus on children and I've come from a background of foster care in, in my family. So my grandmother was a foster um, parent with uh, children, teenagers, people on the spectrum since I was growing up. So I'd always been around the foster care system. As I got older, I in the move, stepped out into my profession after after graduation from Morgan State, I began working with children on the spectrum as a mobile therapist. And I found it very interesting there with behavior analysis. Also, while I was doing that, I was living at home and my parents were foster parents and they worked and we had children from all types of backgrounds with all other challenges, physical and mental challenges. So we always were working with that. And I just knew that I, at some point, I was going to do more in that area. I continued to work and do things with mobile therapy, but I also did trainings with families. And when I finally came to Healthy Start, where I was a health educator, I finally found Triple P Parenting Program, where I was able to learn, I was trained to work specifically with behavior analysis, and I was able to help parents create their own treatment plans and ways of assessing their own children and finding out how to take steps. And so we were teaching parents how to not react from their emotions always, but actually look at our children and say, okay, this is what I'm seeing as a pattern this is what I need to do to help my children grow in, in a positive way versus what we all, we all know as we 
a lot of us come from our parents yelling and you know, spankings. <laughs> and we talk about setting those boundaries, but finding a way to encourage them in that way and looking at what works best with them to strengthen them. And not that we have our certain ways to set boundaries, but having a plan. When the behavior happens, how do I plan it out? And I also was doing that with my health education where I was doing the same thing, setting up education sessions that surrounded parents learning how to make a plan instead of being reactive or being hurt a lot of times. It was just like a misunderstanding of what my child's behavior is telling me and then being hurt. And then so we reversed it and said, hey, these are the things that they do. So how do we plan to help them navigate it and make it more manageable and appropriate as they grow up? I know you mentioned a health side and then also behavior. <laughs> so when you say health, when it comes to, did you ever work with as far as like wellness health or was it just mental health? So another program that I worked with that I was trained on is wellness. So using behavior analysis, we help parents discuss, and parents and, and families in general talk about how they are say they are a smoker, mm -hmm. how do you come up with a step-by-step -step plan to go from where you are mm -hmm. to a next step? And again, it's not so much going to get you to the end to stop smoking, but what you have to be is in those steps of change. Mm -hmm. So how do we, we could meet somebody and they could be not ready at all to do what they wanted, what they came there initially to do. Maybe a family member forced them, maybe they were sick and things were happening. So they might not be in the step of making changes, but they might be in the step of listening. So we're there to help them identify what step they're on and make that adjustment. Okay, now I, for the first time, have heard that I need to take steps. And then we have other people who are further in their steps of change and we help them assess that. And then maybe later on, they have in front of them the steps they need to take. So we help them organize their thoughts and create their steps of change. Okay. And that's the big thing, helping them create their own, that it's more likely for them to achieve it because they created it. It's not something that we tell them they need to do. Okay. So as far as children and families in the foster care system, what, the, what do they need to know about the type of work that you do? Like, how do you help children and families and how do they benefit from your so, so what we do, and with Triple P, the, the parenting program, we had a lot of families that came from foster care. Their children not, might not even be with them at the time. And we had foster um, parents who, my mother was a foster parent, and that's where I got a lot of what she, what brought me to Triple P. So we're saying to you to assess what your children, they might be coming to you and you're not sure what your what their background is and even with the paperwork that you get you still don't fully know how this child is sleeping eating all of the things and those are the things that are really when you're dealing with talking with the babies and up to a certain age it's important about their eating sleeping and how they function and communicate and so in those first few weeks you are learning about how to initially assess what that child is going through. How are they sleeping? How are they eating? And trying to make sure that they're comfortable. In my personal life with my mother, being a foster parent, 
for 15 children. I watched her and how she would bring the children into the home. First thing we do, everyone has their clothes, new clothes, get them ready and settled, feed them, and then watch, spend time with them and watch and see what they needed in their basic, in their basic health and that's sleep, eating and their communication. And then over time, you take those next steps and going into how do I help them communicate and learn about what they should do? And it's important that we don't have any expectations, mm-hmm. but we're open to just what is the next step? What is it that they need now? How do we get them to communicate that? How do we make sure that they are on a healthiest schedule as they possibly can be? And so it's that consistency, it's that observation, it's no expectations in that initial part. And then as it goes on, you're learning about what do I need to do next? What is it that's gonna help them with their healthy steps even after my possibly might not have them? And so how do I get them to uh, do all the things that they need to do depending on their age range? So with babies and everything, are they eating? Are they sleeping? Are they doing everything that they need to do? And are they on a schedule that a person who might take over responsibility for that child, are they able to see clearly what's going on, that they're happy? And that they're, you can see that they're, they have that, my mom would always say they have that light back in their eyes, because a lot of times that can be taken through the steps of situations that they're going through. Mm -hmm. And every child is so different. Every child is different. So you can't say, even if you have your own, oh, they're going to be like this, or I'm expecting them to be like this, because they go through so much. And then in the other parts of it, as they get older, children at one point, might need the boundaries. So you're between, as they become mobile, up to a certain point, it's boundaries and teaching them about what is acceptable, what's not. And again, remembering that if they're gonna be with you for the rest of their life, then that's where they go and that's who they are with. And so you're teaching and helping them understand what is expected of them and what is safe for them and how they should um, be able to communicate. And some of your children are nonverbal. Some children have things like RAD, some children have ADHD. And so it's making those adjustments and seeing those patterns and helping them to understand their boundaries to keep them safe and also be happy. And and they're happy when they can communicate with you, you are communicating back with them and they're understanding you and what's expected of them. And so that takes time and we, that's that other stage. And then those other stages of other children that we get I found that there are two types. So you have children who fully need to be in a home and want that family-oriented life. And then you have some children who are independent, more independent, Mm -hmm. and they just need a place that can be quiet, safe, and consistent. Mm -hmm. And as a foster care parent, I think you have to understand that about that child. And you can create a relationship But again, without the expectations, but just being there to support them in that space that they need. And it can change over time, but to understand that um, as you have children who are older, 
sometimes you might have wanted a child who's going to be there with you cooking and clean, but really you have a child who's been through a lot and maybe only needs at this point a consistent, safe and quiet, calm place to, to be. And you have to understand to be that to them. And over time, it might change, but it might be that's how you're starting. And we recognize that. And we, and I've learned that in my parenting. And that's why, again, I talk about triple P because I love how it's whatever you want it to be, as long as these uh, certain guidelines are being met and steps, and then you make it look the way you want it to, you implement the consistency in accordance to your home. You implement the positivity with activities in accordance to where you want them to be, what they want to be between you and your child. But know that these boundaries and things are, are stages of your child's history. And in my course of learning about child and adolescent development, I learned more about those stages. But then I, and what, and what children needed in those stages and then in Triple P, I learned what activities and principles are important to implement to your children through those stages so that in the end, you have that communication. And no matter what child you have, you'll want to have healthy communication in a positive way so that they're growing up to be healthy people who create that. And in foster care, although that sometimes doesn't seem possible, it is, it just looks different and can be very different for every child. And you have to be open and flexible and have that unconditional type of love to, to be able to open that up for them. I know you mentioned like different activities. So mm -hmm. what type of activities would you say or recommend to those who are working with or taking in teenagers? So with teenagers, and again, you, when they come in, those open-ended questions, helping them to, to understand more about what they want. Right now, I'm working with my, and they're my little brothers and sisters now, but they um, originally were foster children who came to us and we've had them there from birth and, and he was 18 months old. We're doing the KiwiCo. And it's a little pricey, but there's science kits and STEMs kits that mm. we do. And they, again, everything you start out with them, they might not be all open initially and flourish. And you have to just be consistent and take time. Mm -hmm. And then there's things because it's spending time that helps them. And when you're dealing, when you're working with or you're spending time with and you're trying to help children who are teenager and older it can be sometimes something that you might not even it might not be something that you would like mm. but you have to open up to it and then when you're in it find the spaces for other communication so we do that we have and we just started a couple of these of things like we have science sunday so we do one or two of the little science tricks on Sunday and we spend that time together. There's other things. I think if there's a lot of stuff that you might want to do that's like something that might be, and it really depends on the children, like a garden, mm. because it takes time. 
and it takes a minute for you all to see how it grows. And then it's an example of that. And it helps you to talk to them so that they understand about growth. But it also depends on a child who is receptive to that and wants that. Sometimes you might just be doing something and then they can come in on it. And so you do something that you wanna do and they asked you a question about it. And that's your opening and that's your communication. There is, with teenagers, it can be a lot of things that you might not even think would be safe or are good for them. You have to wait to see if they open up like cooking. I'm getting ready to make this one thing. What's something that you like to eat? What do you want? And then you're opening it up to them and seeing how well they do. And so as far as activity, it could be anything, but it really depends on the child and what they're interested in. Because oh, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say, I know something that I have come across in my work and also with speaking with foster parents. And I just wanted to know what your insight or your advice to those who are going through this so basically they have teenagers and they want to connect and the teenagers just want to sit on the phone. They want to go off. They just want to sit on the phone. And it's, what is your, you, I know you, you get where I'm going. Like as far as what is your advice to those parents who are trying to figure out like, so do I take the phone? Do I let them use it? Because so what, I don't have teenagers yet. And, and, and actually my younger said they're coming into that and i've always been this way if they come in most likely are they coming in with a phone or is that where we're going most of the kids they have phones so we just don't use that scenario they usually have their own phones i think that (laughs) it's that you sit down and talk about what they think is fair say talk to me tell me so this is my dilemma I have I think that you using your phone is fine you got to communicate with your friends it's during a pandemic I understand all of those things but my dilemma is I feel like you're always on your phone and although this is your home you're not here you're not present here and I'm missing you and soon you'll be gone be honest and be straightforward about what you are going on. And that is a huge thing as a parent that that I always appreciated with my mother and father, that they were very straight up in communicating with me. In doing that, it opens them up to understanding where you're coming from. A lot of times it is that they don't understand where you're coming from. You don't understand where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. So it's very important to build that, like that open understanding of this is where I'm coming from. This is me. So now you tell me because you are becoming an adult and you also, and ask them those questions. Do you understand that there has to be limits to everything, right? Mm -hmm. And you understand that there are things that my job is to make sure that you're okay and that you're getting as many things as you could possibly get from this home before it's time for you to go out and be an adult. So you know, right. I, I like that. That's 
I'm I'm loving this because I think that especially nowadays, no matter if children are in care or not, it's almost as if parents are fighting against <laughs> with that. So I that was really good. Yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't know if you was gonna say something else. And I, and I just I think that that opens it up. And then now, mind you, they might still have their fights. So then I always give two choices, mm. and I say, okay, so your level of maturity and you don't have to tell them this but in your mind you go okay now that they're opening up about their view i don't have to listen to you and i don't okay so your level of maturity is back here so now i gotta go with what i do is the two choices both of them are choices that you want but you present it to them in choices so they can make a choice between the two and you say you have two choices you can either have you know what is and always pre-plan because you want to go, I think this is respectable in adjusting that they can only be on this amount of time mm -hmm. and between these times and these times. And then other, and then my other thing is that something may be a little bit more extreme or probably more fair that you are only on it for the weekends and you drop that phone off when you leave out of the house, mm -hmm. in the house, while you're in the house, the phone comes to me. And then on the weekends, you can have the phone back for the whole weekend until Sunday night mm. or during the week you can have it, but I want you to only have it between eight and 11, but I don't want you during the day, all day on the phone, but come up with things and Compromise just let them with options. Basically. Yeah. And then, and, and if whatever they don't, they cannot like it, they can like it because I'm the one who's the parent and I'm trying to manage things. Mm -hmm. And so this is it. And until you say and say, until I see that there's a problem or you're sneaking the phone or whatever, but don't, you don't have to say those things because until you see those things, you don't want to put that kind of thing in their head. And you want to stay calm the whole time because mm. sometimes kids will try to pull it so it could be an argument, so it could be a fight and so they can leave with it. And you're oh like, no. Oh my gosh, I've seen... I can't tell you how many times I've seen where either foster parents or case managers try to match the energy mm -hmm, yeah. of the child. So yeah. that I'm, I'm really glad that you said that because yeah. we cannot do that. And yeah. that's one thing I never match kids energy and mm -hmm. that's how kids never run away from me. Yeah. And I don't have any problems. So I think that was really important that you mentioned that stay calm like you don't have to get mad you know just because the kid is upset so that was yeah. good yeah and so that's that's the one big thing and yeah definitely and you can and, and it, it's there don't think you can have it but you have to remember what your goal is and mm -hmm. what your position is and what is important it's important that they know healthy balances in their life it's important that you communicate that to them so they understand where you're coming from. And it's important that they understand that my job is not to make your life miserable. And so this isn't about those things. This is only about you developing into this person who can go out there and be healthy on their own. And that's my goal. And so this, you're upset completely understandable. You could be upset because I've now told you partially no to something that you used to do freely. And that, but my reasoning is why. And then you ask them, what, what is my reason for what I'm doing? And again, if they don't say it to you 
back or they get mad and you go, they're not ready for that. But that's the only thing you need to be thinking is, okay, so now I understand that they're having difficulty with this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give them choices. And, and then understanding it analytically, you will also start to see growth. You know what? They didn't argue with me that much this time. Because a lot of times parents don't see the change in their kids. They're like, I'm just fighting all the time. I don't see any changes. But there is changes, but you have to think about it systematically and then come up with those things like that. Because if you don't, it doesn't seem like there's change because there's this big fight before things happen. Mm-hmm. And, and you miss it. The fight makes you miss the growth. And I say the growth. I'll say the positive. You know what I like though? Even though this was a whole big thing, I like how this time I saw that you didn't do this. They, they told me they don't believe me that, that I stay too positive. And I go, no, <laughs> I see the growth. And I say, and I, and I appreciate that. You know what? I appreciate it that you were allowed me Uh-oh, to see my now. style. Yeah, just that stay focused on the point of what you're trying to do. And I think that helps you to not get angry. But you can, like they, but know that's their purpose sometimes is to push your buttons, to diffuse, to take you off of the point of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And so it can, yeah, it can go. I, I always pause. I always go, okay, I'm going to say it to you maybe this way. That's a kid. But yeah, I think that's the most helpful thing. Because the thing is, you're trying to help them live their life. You're not in control of their lives mm. and you're not and every step whether it right or wrong is not yours it's theirs mm. you're, you're a guide and if they take it it's great if they don't take it just keep presenting it to them it's going to take mm. that minute to keep presenting it and it's not easy but it's what it's our work that's what our work is that was good did you have any other tips or resources that you want to offer to those working with teens that are um, experiencing foster care? I think, oh, I did write some tips. I wrote some tips. <laughs> <laughs> I said, if you love your children, you're basically fine. If you love them, even if it's like this child right here, but you love children, and that's why you bring them into your home because you love children and you want to see them um, do well, you're already fine. You know, you're already on the right track and you're doing fine. You don't know what you'll face with your children from foster care. So don't expect anything. Don't expect anything. Mm. Just do have your guidelines of what is appropriate in your home and have your, have your goals with them in that I'm hoping by the time they grow up and move and go on that they have obtained self-reliant. I have these values and I want to try to instill these values into them before they grow up. And I'm going to do my best to make that happen. So those kind of things are good. It's the details of how you want that to look is what you need to plan. Mm. And and not take their hurt like their their whatever comes to you personally, because it's not your hurt that they're not hurting you. There's hurt that they have and they don't know how to communicate it. And your job is to help them to communicate it and work through it. If that's what, and then they're teenagers. So they're just, that's who they are. (laughs) Be, Be scheduled and consistent and aware 
watch the patterns in their behavior so you can uh, find ways to communicate with them best. Mm -hmm. So look, watch their, what they do and be aware and present. And even if they're on their phone and they're talking with their friends, don't just be nosy and assuming and stuff like that, but be aware. This is how they communicate. Have the, if they do have friends that are close, have them come over. Listen to how they learn because they're learned from their friends. So you can find out how they best um, receive information. Mm -hmm. And you'd be surprised that they might always need a positive comment. They might always need that in them because everybody has their own personalities and traits. Mm -hmm. Find out what is makes them receptive. And it takes time, but it, it works. Talk with them. If you get time, if they asked you a question, that's the beginning of them being receptive to information. Mm -hmm. So find ways to talk to them. And that's why I say, if you're starting a garden or something and they like, what you doing out there? You wanna see, come on, come out here. I'll show you. And they might go away, but they might come back. It's those little pieces. It's how you listen to them on whether they're gonna keep coming. Mm -hmm. And they're like, talk to me about it, I don't know. And don't say anything, don't even comment. Just be receptive and taking it in. They'll be more likely to talk to you more. Have boundaries, but have unconditional love. So every day starts new with them. You, and that's the tough thing. You got to wake up that next day at zero with them. And that's <laughs> because you got what happened yesterday. But once yesterday is done, start new, start fresh. Get everything closed. Say what you need to say. End it. And then tomorrow, start fresh again. Mm. And that's about, that's it on my tips, I think. That was good. This was really good. <laughs> as far as how to connect with you. So if people want to know more information, they want to ask you questions, how can they connect with you? I, through, and I know this sounds old, but through email, I'm not on. I'm on Instagram, on Facebook, but I don't really get on those a lot, but through email and, and in further, I, I don't mind later on. I have a personal Zoom room. If the person emails me, I can definitely open up to my personal Zoom and we can, we can talk more if there's some things they want to talk more. Yeah. So Facebook, definitely you can uh, communicate with me on Facebook. Okay, and then, so it's just your first and last name? Yes. Uh -huh. Okay, and I'm going to link it in the description. So thank you so much. Did you have any last things that you want to add before we wrap up? Oh, when you're a foster parent, think of what you needed as a child yourself mm. and what you may still need from your parents. Think about that. In my parent sessions, we would first always talk about how we were parented and how that affected us. And then we reflect on how even the worst things made us who we were and how we can find strength in that. Because even to the worst of things that happened, it made us who we are and where we are today. And if we love ourselves, then those things made us who, they, sometimes those negative things are positive things when it came out in us. Mm -hmm. And when you have that, you have everything. If you can change a negative to a positive, then you got it. That was good. And then, so yeah, I think that's it. Thank you so much for taking time mm -hmm. out of your busy schedule 
to be here today. And this wraps up our interview. Bye. Bye. Thank you. <laughs>